We know that people can become blind to Jesus for many different reasons, proclaiming their righteousness while turning their backs on Christ. It's easy to fall into that trap because God's rules are different. When people get caught up in their prejudiced beliefs, they end up being Christians in name only. It's a difficult problem, so we must answer our baptismal call. Especially when things get bad, we have to do our best to continue sharing the gospel message of love and radical acceptance. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for Palm Sunday, Cycle A of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for Palm Sunday, Cycle A. We'll begin with a gospel passage that's read during the processional, and that's Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Then our first reading during the Liturgy of the Word is from Isaiah, it's chapter 50, verses 4 through 7. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, it's chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. And the gospel reading during the Liturgy of the Word is also from Matthew's Gospel. It's chapter 27, verses 11 through 54. So just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. So Isaiah is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Philippians is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as are our gospel readings. Now tonight, we'll see that Having your beard plucked sounds nasty. Being humble has its bonuses. And people are awfully fickle. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is the Gospel during the processional, and it's from Matthew. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! 
when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And our first reading from the Liturgy of the Word is from the prophet Isaiah. The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The Sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And our main gospel reading is from Matthew. Jesus stood before the governor, Pontius Pilate, who questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Pilate offered to release Barabbas, a violent criminal, or Jesus, but the chief priests and elders convinced the people to ask for the release of Barabbas. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him! Why, what crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Pilate washed his hands of the whole affair, had Jesus flogged, and then delivered him to be crucified. The soldiers dressed Jesus up and mocked him as the king of the Jews. They pressed Simon of Cyrene into service, carrying Jesus' cross to Golgotha, the place of the skull. The soldiers cast lots to divide his clothing, then sat and watched him die. They placed a sign over his head that said, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, 
Save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, what does all this mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So I know we started with the passage from Matthew's gospel that's read during the Palm Sunday procession, but I'll discuss that when I discuss the gospel from the liturgy of the word. So let's start by looking at our first reading, which was from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And in this reading, the prophet was, he was talking about being called by God to prophesy to the people of Israel who had been in exile for years at that point. God blessed him with the ability to speak well and to share God's messages to the people. But to add a little more context, the, the people were getting sick and tired of all these prophets and their unfulfilled promises. That's why Isaiah talked about being persecuted. He talked about servant, and he offered up some pretty vivid descriptions, right? beating him, plucking his beard, mocking him, spitting on him. Isaiah didn't know it at the time, but this was a little foreshadowing of what Jesus would eventually experience. Like I said, the the people really didn't want to hear what Isaiah had to say. So sharing the messages from God was (laughs) sort of a difficult, thankless task. Not only did he suffer for it, the message also, it seemed to fall on a lot of deaf ears. It's no wonder that early Christians associated the suffering servant servant from Isaiah with Jesus Christ. Jesus suffered and died for us, and his message still fell on far too many deaf ears. 
especially the deaf ears of those who were in power. Luckily, God has given the suffering servant, Isaiah and Jesus, the word that sustains the weary. So even though Jesus' message still falls on far too many deaf ears, those of us who are called to share the gospel message of love and radical acceptance will ultimately be sustained by the Spirit. So the main message I got from our first reading is that we have to continue sharing the gospel message. Trust me, I get it. It's, it's really easy to get discouraged, especially when you're trying to share Jesus' message of love and radical acceptance while so many other self-proclaimed Christians are doling out judgment and spewing hate at everyone and everything they don't understand. It's so much easier to just wash our hands of the insanity and walk away. But that's not what we're called to do. Even though it's not easy, and plenty of judgment and hate might be coming our way too, we have to continue sharing the gospel message. Our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. And in this reading, we saw an example of how our Christian faith always sees the suffering and death of Jesus through the lens of the resurrection and the ascension. St. Paul explained that Jesus was in very nature God, yet he still became human. He made himself nothing by becoming a servant and then humbled himself further by dying on the cross. But Paul doesn't stop there because even on Palm Sunday, we don't solely focus on Jesus's suffering and death. Paul wrote, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. The suffering servant is now glorified, and we should all acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. St. Paul was trying to convince the Christians in Philippi that they should follow the examples set by Christ, but not because it would end in suffering and death. This short passage from Paul's letter was reminding the people, and it should remind us today, that God's kingdom is a place of reversals, where where becoming nothing leads to being over everything, where being humble leads to being exalted. So the main message I got from our second reading is that God's rules are different. Turn the other cheek. The meek shall inherit the earth. The humble will be exalted. The servant will become Lord over all. These are all things we've all heard probably many, many times, and yet we still gather our wealth, accumulate our stuff, pursue our success, and look for the next challenge to conquer. When is it enough? Why do we still operate by the rules of our capitalist society when we know that God's rules are different? And finally, our gospel reading from the Liturgy of the Word was also from Matthew. And what I read was actually an abridged version of the short gospel option, which it's not exactly ideal. 
from the earliest days of the church, the passion narrative was told as one long story. It wasn't, it wasn't broken up or abridged, but you'll need to attend mass this weekend in order to experience it the way it's intended. However, for our purposes here, the abridged version of the short version should work just fine because I want to focus on a few critical points, all of which have to do with reversals. As we, we read in the, the procession gospel, the people welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem as a king. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Do you recognize those words? But then the reversal happened and the people turned against Jesus. They mocked him and demanded that he be crucified. And what I didn't read was that Jesus was taken before the Sanhedrin first, where the, the high priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders, they tried him for blasphemy. They convinced the people to turn on Jesus. And not long after that, another reversal happened when Peter denied Jesus three times. I didn't read that, but I'm sure you're familiar with it. Peter said, I would never deny you. And then he denies his friend Jesus three times. So his friends abandoned him, and the people turned on him. And finally, Pilate eh, washed his hands of it all, but then he had Jesus scourged anyway. Not only did the soldiers mock him, but in Matthew's gospel, even the rebels being crucified with him, right next to him, they were mocking him. Jesus was completely abandoned. He even cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey with people throwing palm branches at his feet, proclaiming him their king. And a few days later, he died a humiliating death on the cross. Of course, all kinds of crazy stuff happened at that point. The veil of the temple was torn in two. There were earthquakes. Tombs were opened, and bodies of, of these holy people, these saints, came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection, and they appeared to people in the holy city. And after all of that, did anyone change their tune? Uh, I'm guessing some did, but Matthew only describes the centurion at the cross, and the people with him who were terrified and cried out, Surely he was the Son of God. His friends and followers were nowhere to be found, and it was left to a Roman soldier to speak the truth. Anyway, the main message I got from our gospel reading is that people can become blind to Jesus. We are not a people of the crucifixion. We are a people of the resurrection. The Paschal mystery that Jesus suffered, died, and rose again is a cycle that we see all around us and throughout our lives. We, we experience suffering. We experience loss. But we know that God promises new life. And yet so many Christians lose sight of that. They get caught up in passing judgment on others, or they get stuck in a cycle of suffering, and they effectively turn their backs on Jesus. Yes, the Spirit is active in the world today, but people can become blind to Jesus. 
All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Isaiah, the main message I came away with was we have to continue sharing the gospel message. In our second reading from Philippians, the main message I got was God's rules are different. And finally, the the main message that I got from our two gospel readings was that people can become blind to Jesus. I think the lessons from our readings today should be taken in reverse order. We know that people can become blind to Jesus for a lot of different reasons. They often proclaim their own righteousness while turning their back on Christ through their words and actions. It's easy to fall into that trap because God's rules are different. When people get caught up in the ways of the world and start protecting their belongings and protecting their prejudiced beliefs, they end up being Christians in name only. It's a pervasive problem and a difficult one to solve, which is all the more reason for us to continue answering our baptismal call. Especially when things get bad, we need to continue doing our best to share the gospel message of love and radical acceptance. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall. We'll ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I try to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because we are all called by our baptism to be priest, prophet, and king. That means we're called to be the hands and feet of Christ on earth. But as we saw in our two gospel readings, we might be welcomed at times, but it's just as likely that we'll be rejected. So are you willing to be a suffering servant and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Are you willing to be uncomfortable or even rejected by others? One important truth for us to understand is that God doesn't need us to be ready. God needs us to be willing. And the last question I try to answer is now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, before we jump into fighting or figuring out and, and, and how to preach the gospel to people who have become Christians in name only, maybe we should step back and give ourselves a closer look. So with that in mind, here's your real question for the week. Am I passing judgment and feeling hate? I like to, to think of myself as a true disciple, and yet there are times when I realize that I'm starting to be consumed by anger. I, I see certain people or situations, and I, I'm seething inside. And what they're doing is wrong, so obviously wrong, and I'm convinced that it, you know God should strike them down where they stand. When I'm coming from from a place like that, it's hard to be a true disciple and share the gospel message. And it's probably the same for you. So this coming week, spend some time answering the question, am I passing judgment and feeling hate? Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about whether or not you're coming from a place of love, Remember what we read in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If anyone says, 
I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he sees cannot love God whom he has not seen. I don't think I can sum it up any better than that. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.